I V M I V M Hello everyone this is your daily NBA podcast coming to you from Monday to Friday I'm your host Monish and as always joined by Nishant this is Triangle Offense Giannis returned for game 1 of the NBA finals but that didn't stop the Suns from running riot and taking game 1 of the 2020-21 NBA finals a bunch of stuff to talk about from game 1 uh, let's get started whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast join us tanvi and shlok we are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy mindset and everything sport so tune in to the millennial athlete every monday only on the ivm podcast network trust us it's going to be lit the phoenix suns ran away victors in game 1 118 to 105 chris paul took over the game 32 points 9 assists 12 out of 19 shooting 4 out of 6 from 3 booker contributed at 27 aton contributed 22 points and 19 rebounds 8 of 10 shooting bridges at 14 the cameroons together got 20 Yanis returned he played 35 minutes and what was a nice thing for the bucks he scored 20 points 17 rebounds not bad performance from him brook lopez scored 17 but he was totally outdone on defense like they they just ridiculed him on defense chris middleton got his pair his bunch of 29 points as well but the suns we we spoke about this yesterday where we said that the suns they get off to a fiery start and then they continue to lead it kind of uh, looked like that today they got 13 in the first quarter but the bucks were not far behind bucks were catching up pretty quick it was all it was almost level until game 3 uh, quarter 3 and when yep. that's when chris paul took control he came out all guns blazing scored 16 points in that quarter ended up with 32 points despite scoring nothing in the first quarter uh the first player to score 30 points and 8 assists in an nba final debut since michael jordan <laughs> that's a nice company that's a nice company well, I mean, he's, he's 36 <laughs> but uh think about it it was not all cp3 today i mean he got 32 points and took control and did all that he would Booker was amazing in quarter four because he didn't. He had a pretty inefficient first three quarters. He was good in quarter four. Aiton was the difference maker. He got twenty two points and nineteen rebounds. Nineteen rebounds against this Bucks team. Who Monty Williams before the match said, "Wow, this is a big Bucks team and they will dominate the paint." Nineteen rebounds against this team that has Giannis and Portis and Lopez. I think that was amazing. Bridges contributed at fourteen. The Cameroons got ten each. I think this is an overall team performance. This is yeah. what we've been talking about the Phoenix Suns all year long. The depth they have, the overall distribution of the scoring, and that came to the party today, didn't it? It did, and we we spoke about all of these things and one more thing, which is they're the better coached of the two, right? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. maybe let's talk about that. Let's start start there because I've defended Mike Budenholzer a lot over the last couple of years, at least. <clears throat> one of the points that I used was. maybe he is accountable for a lot of this but we see a lot of flaws in the way the team is structured in the way the squad is uh, composed and what is the gm doing why is nobody holding the org accountable this was before they had yanis locked up with the supermax this was when they let go of brogdon which was a cheap decision that was a payroll decision nothing else yep. um and and they didn't fix a lot of the problems that they knew they had including uh, Bledsoe was a bit of a liability in the postseason. The same Bledsoe, by the way, who two or three seasons ago said, "Get me out of here," when he was on the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. um, then went to the Bucks, then became a liability in the postseason for the Bucks. Got out, and now both those teams are in the finals. So maybe, <laughs> uh, yeah, but 
but it it's now now i can't really defend this much longer from budden also we saw that unforgivable lapse against the hawks which could have caused them dearly first game triang was out and they decided to come out and chill and, and and it caused them the game for sure could have caused them the series uh and that, that was down to a coaching lapse yes the players uh, can take some level of accountability but i think the coach made no no effort to to fix that to right that wrong and it just feels like a very reactive approach that budden also has i have not see, seen him do one step one thing that shows that he is a step ahead of the others it's always reacting it's all adjustments are good but only adjustments are not right and like he spent two three seasons being chastised by everyone that his team really doesn't have a switching game mm-hmm. they, they get caught out on pick and rolls too often they've got a lot of size and yet they don't use that very well and the disparity between the guards and the paint rim blah blah, blah blah all of that uh today if anything uh, this inability to switch could have saved them the game because they just got destroyed by chris paul it it reminded me of the lakers and the clippers last uh, season where the clippers i think had two games over the lakers in the regular season and then lebron put on a show and mm-hmm. just back to back them and the bucks that the lakers beat uh, what lebron did pretty much all he did that game was he picked them apart by getting the switch that he wanted yep. wherever he saw he wasn't faced up with beverly he would call a pick and roll he would call a screen he would get switched on to beverly and then it's good night that's pretty much what chris paul did who's no less of a point guard the point guard um god switches whenever he wanted for fun booker started doing it after a point because his shot wasn't dropping uh, and he got a couple of easy buckets because he he used the the screens effectively and they switched on to brook lopez as and when they wanted i thought brook lopez uh, was the weakest link in a milwaukee bucks team that wasn't very special tonight he was atrocious on defense made some terrible decisions pathetic reads really switched to when he shouldn't have didn't switch when he should should have uh capped off by a pretty stunning lapse in judgment where we were talking about this before we hit record mikael bridges i think it was who made a cut from the uh, corner three position to the basket he gets an inbound pass from the perimeter i think it was chris paul abuka gets the ball now he has to go he is behind the board so he has to come back go run from under the ring and while running away from the ring shoot a reverse layup over his head it's mm-hmm. not going to happen he is falling down as it is Uh, he's not even upright and taking that shot and it's a re- reverse layup like he has no chance that's a one in 10 shot for even the best of them unless you're steph curry i'm not worried that will go in right now he's taking that shot brook lopez who has a foot over bridges somewhere something like that um and now has like two two and a half feet over him um mm-hmm. because of uh, because of the fact that he's falling down all he has to do is get a hand up there it's a tough shot anyway it's not going in but be positioned Uh, and be ready to box out and get the rebound because you know that's a miss if that goes in nobody is really holding you accountable for it yeah but but you know that's a miss what does he do he goes for the glory block uh entirely misses the ball the trajectory everything but now because of that attempt he's now well away from the basket no box out whatsoever aiton gets the easiest rebound under the sun and that's a flush he left a 7 foot open he left the guy he should be marking to get either a, a pointless switch uh or a rebound where he had no shot or a block where he had no shot and he butchered any chances that the milwaukee bucks had tonight of winning and we'll talk about the superstar cuz i don't think he was spectacular either despite what his numbers yep. say yep but brook lopez how do you how do you explain that decision making how do you explain that pathetic uh lapse of judgment multiple times when it came to deciding whether or not to switch to go uh, under the screen why was he even at the screen it's juru holiday's decision whether he wants to go under or around why is he even at the screen there there's several times he's switched on to a guard that he has no hope of being able to defend 
and left Aiton free at the rim. That's how they got all those lobs. That's how they got those easy feeds to Aiton. Aiton looked like a superstar today, partly because he played very well and partly because Brook Lopez decided tonight's the night we make Aiton shine. Right? Capping it off, cherry on the cake. How in the world, as Brook Lopez, as a seven footer, after having the game you did to close out the Hawks series? Do you explain how Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday had more rebounds than you and you had single digit rebounds? That blows my mind. For all the size the Bucks had, they didn't lo- use it. They lost the game in the paint today. They lost the game because of their big men. And in a game where points off the bench were the exact same for mm-hmm. both teams, regardless of how it's distributed, starters made the difference. Brook Lopez didn't score nearly as much as enough, uh, as much as he should have. And he allowed way too many easy buckets for the other team. And that kind of killed the game for them. We'll talk about Giannis, but that's my take on why uh, the Bucks fell off. Absolutely. I think the other stat that I was looking at is like, if you look at the two-point shooting, it was pre- pretty much similar. 40 of 88 and 41 of 88. The three-pointers, actually, the Bucks were better. They scored 16 out of the 36 yeah. attempts. The Phoenix Suns just made 11 out of the 34 attempts. So, all of that given. I think the key stat for me was the free throws. The Suns got to the line 26 times and scored the first 25 times. Jake Crowder missed the last shot or else it would have been a record for the most yeah. 100% shots made in an NBA final. Yeah. Yeah. They made 25 out of the 26 free throws. The Bucks got to the line 16 times only, out of which Giannis got to the line 12 times, which means you know that he's making just five. Yeah, he hit more than half, man. That, that's a jackpot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got to the line just 16 times. Brook yeah, Lopez yeah. got two free throws. Middleton did not get a single free throw. Drew Holiday got just two free throws. That shows that they were just settling for jumpers. They were settling for the long ranges. They were not driving in. Yep. And it, it kind of shows they just scored nine of the 16 three-pointers. Uh, Free yep. throws and then yep. nine compared to the twenty-five, and I think that's the game for me. Uh, it it boggles me. You got sixty-six points the other day in the paint against the Atlanta Hawks, and yep. now you're not even attempting to go into the paint, uh, especially against the Suns that are just Aiton, who's a big guy, and everyone else is a, a dwarf compared to yep. the size you have, right? It it kind of boggles me what the Milwaukee Bucks were up to. Yeah, this I have, was I have a defining no, stat for me. Yeah, I have no answer. And we literally, this is exactly what we were talking about. And pretty much anyone with any basketball knowledge, what we're talking about is stop taking all those damn threes. You have the size, take them to the paint. Take them to the, excuse me, take them to the low post, punish them. And and this is after Giannis in the first half was toying with the Phoenix Suns defense for fun. Yep. They doubled him and they couldn't put a hand on him. He was dunking it. It wasn't even like yep. he was making high percentage uh, hook shots. He was straight up flushing them down. One hundred, two hundred, everything under the sun. Aiton couldn't hold him. Crowder couldn't hold him. Uh, Crowder and Bridges couldn't hold him. They just they had no answer. From there to how uh, he finished, it makes zero sense. I just don't get what their game plan was, or even if there was a game plan, because Drew Holiday had another off night on shooting, terribly mm-hmm. inefficient. Middleton got the points, but all again, not very great on efficiency. He was okay. He made it up with a few threes. He was above 40% on threes and that kind of buffered the shooting a bit. But I, I didn't think he was particularly great either and didn't really take high percentage shots. Uh, clearly, he didn't drive to the rim once. Yeah. And, and, and amidst all of this, Giannis, who was the only guy who was shooting at a high percentage and a high efficiency level and toying around with whoever was put on him in the first quarter. Again, Coach Budnolza, how in the world... How, we've already asked one mind-numbing question, right? Which is, how does uh, how do Drew Holiday and Middleton have more rebounds than Brook Lopez? Right. And all of them are in single digits. Two, how does Giannis be the fourth out of five starters in short attempts in an NBA Finals game? Fourth. 
I would have taken the other kind of defeat, which is you went too much to Giannis. It became predictable. He gets the ball, he runs to the rim, and mm-hmm. you, know, you defend it. You win. You don't. You don't. It wasn't that. The only guy on the starting lineup that took less shots than Giannis was P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker took six shots, which is four more than he should be taking unless he's in that corner three spot. <laughs> right? How how does Drew Holiday, who's shooting like garbage all night, get more shots up than Giannis? How does Middleton do it, who hasn't been particularly great, and how does Brook Lopez do it? I don't get their game plan. I don't think they had any. Giannis was spectacular in defense. Giannis was great on rebounds, blah, blah, blah. We know. But this is a two-time MVP. Could have been a three-time MVP. DPOY. All of this. Perennial All-NBA player. Why is he not... If he's your alpha, if he's your number one, I get if he doesn't get a lot of shots in the fourth quarter. That's how it should be. But if he finishes the game with lesser shots attempted than Brook Lopez, than Middleton, than Drew Holiday, that, that's a problem in the game plan. Yep. It's a game plan that makes zero sense. So I, I really, I have no clue. I, there's a lot of praise I have for the Phoenix Suns. It sounds like I'm just dissing the Bucks and not talking about the Suns at all. I thought the Suns were great. But the Suns gave so many opportunities for the Bucks to pick up this game that it blows my mind that the Bucks still lost by 13. It wasn't even close. Booker had an off night on shooting. He wasn't great. His numbers look half decent because he shot 10 free throws. Yep. Uh, Crowder was astonishingly bad on offense. <laughs> he made up for it on defense with hustle yep. and with presence, but he was astonishingly bad on offense. Is 0 for 8 shooting, 0 for 5 from 3, missed the other 3 field goals that he took from within. Missed the, the only free throw. That's the only guy to miss a free throw on that team. <laughs> 26 free throws and the one miss came from Crowder. Like it doesn't get pretty uh, any any worse than that. Uh, and Booker didn't have a great night. Chris Paul shot points a lot of that in the third quarter, but he wasn't that efficient early on either. He missed he missed a couple of shots. Blah blah blah. In all this, you can't get a win. I yeah. thought Aiton kind of kept Phoenix in the game. Twenty two and nineteen. I, I thought he was he was special. But again, on defense, they didn't challenge him. What what were we talking about before the series began? He hasn't been tested yet. Jokic, he kind of got a half break Jokic because Jokic didn't have enough support. Uh, didn't get the best of AD and when he did, he lost. Uh, and then in the finals, he faced off against absolutely no one from the Clippers. Like Beverly was there, 5-1, everyone. <laughs> so, who, first time that, that I said, he can't handle Giannis. He couldn't, you saw it. When Giannis went, yeah. to, went, to, went at him, he couldn't handle him. And then Giannis yeah. decided to stop going at him or the coach did. I don't know what this is, but... I think this is your customary Milwaukee Bucks sleep and, and wake up late uh, situation. Let's see what they do in... In game two, and man, that crowd was loud. It was loud. In the last two post-seasons, you were right. You're right that the Milwaukee Bucks start off slow. They've just won one game one yeah, of the six playoff yeah. series they've played. They're yeah. slow starters. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're IBM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'd like to thank the sponsors on the network this week, Seat, Cred, and Global Victoria. We thank you so much for making all of this possible. So this week on Cyrus Says, Tapsi Panu was recently featured in the Netflix original Haseen Dilruba was on. They discussed her experiences in Bollywood and a whole lot more. On Begin the Journey, Ashish Vidyarthi enlightens us with his wisdom on how one can get freedom from their own thoughts or insecurities when they communicate with others. On The Millennial Athlete, Tanvi and Shlok fill us in on all the drama from the world of sports with Wimbledon, Euros and World Test Cricket making headlines every day. On Postcards from Nowhere, Utsuk Memoria kicks off a new series beneath the veneer. We travel to the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan where he takes us through his first experience of encountering the Red Sea. We have a brand new show, Misconduct. It's a true crime show hosted by Ragvi, a lawyer, and Nisha, a PR pro. They tell us about the story of Cyanide Malika, the lady who offered cyanide-laden sweets to women and after they die, loot their gold. 
On the Global Victoria Tech Talks podcast, we showcase some compelling new tech stories coming out of Melbourne. On one episode, Pawan Srinath speaks to Joe Agan from Nelnet International, where they discuss how the pandemic has affected the edtech sector and its evolution. Another episode has Varun Girala talking to Ross Simons from Big End Studios about the gaming ecosystem and how they envision translating a sport to a game. And with that, let me get you back to your show. But if you're Milwaukee, a few days ago, you're wondering if you can win the championship without your star player. Uh, but you got Giannis back. He played 35 minutes. That must be kind of encouraging for them. Uh, pretty. It was more than what I expected. When I saw him go up on that f- in the first minute, attempt that dunk, he missed that, of course. But he attempted that. I'm like, oh, wow. This guy just hyper-extended his knee. It looked like a break a week ago yeah. and he's back. Uh, that must be encouraging for the Milwaukee Bucks. No, great to see him back. And what a beast to be back playing these kind of minutes with that kind of injury. Uh, or it wasn't as bad as it looked. One mm-hmm. of the two, right? Um, he defended like like the Anas we know, like the DPOI that we know. He attacked initially, like the Anas that we know. But other than that, it's just the minutes that are encouraging. They didn't use him. So I don't know. They didn't use him as much, much as they um, should have. One possible explanation is he is not yet fully fit or they're not that confident in him. Mm-hmm. Which is the only, the only thing that to me makes any sense of why he didn't lead the team in short attempts and why even Brook Lopez had more attempts than him because Giannis, short attempts for Giannis means what? Now that thankfully he's not shooting too many threes. He shot two, one of them was wide open. So that's okay, they'll yeah. live with that. Um, and he made that one, right? The wide open one. So uh, yeah. other than that, what does short attempt mean for him? In the paint, drive down there, potentially a hell of a lot of body contact, double team minimum because yeah, Giannis. So maybe that was why. That was the only reason why. But if if he's good enough to play 15, uh, sorry, 35 minutes, you saw the kind of rebounds he pulled down. You saw the kind of you saw that acrobatic chase down block. Oh yeah. It looked like he was moving gingerly or any anything. So so I don't know. It beats me. If if that's what explains why he didn't take that many shots, okay. But then he shouldn't be playing those minutes and he shouldn't be looking that good out there, that comfortable out there. So there's some something's a miss here. Uh, which is why I'm going to put it down to just Milwaukee starting slow as usual. <laughs> Time for stats. 72% of the teams that win yeah. game one of an NBA final go on to win the championship. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix Suns are 4-0 and in game ones this season. And 11 of the last 12 teams that have gone 4-0 and in the game ones have won the championship. Things looking bright for Phoenix or do you go by the analogy that says the postseason starts or the playoff series starts only when they are winning game ones? Yeah, so no, I don't. You're playing at home, you're expected to win. So yeah. And Milwaukee Bucks was expected to lose game one anyway going by this recent history. So are Phoenix Suns, do Phoenix Suns really have an advantage or it was like a game they were expected to win and they won? Yeah, the problem with that uh, thing of the, uh, the series only really starts when the away team gets its first win is in a lot of series, it's a self-fulfilling prof- prophecy because <laughs> first two games, but when the, yeah, this, no shit, the series is over. <laughs> 3-0 up by the time the first away win happens, which is the team that won the other two games as well. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan of these, uh, but but I do like the uh, the overall numbers, right? 70, 72% of game mm-hmm. winners want to win the series. I think that's not that's a, that's a that's an interesting number, but it's also it it'll help to see what what's the median number of games played in the NBA finals. Like each series uh, was right. the four games was it lower than that, higher than that? Because I don't think a lot of series were very well contested. I think game sevens are quite rare. I think game sixes most often, and there have been mm-hmm. plenty of four game and five game series. Um, so if that's true, I mean. I, like the game one winner wasn't really a surprise. Like you would expect them to win four out of four. And so they won it all. Uh, 
but it's still an interesting stat uh not that it can't be done i think uh look the bucks started off away from home and that's going to be a problem they, because the suns have home court advantage so this goes to 7 uh game 7s in phoenix right that's how yep. it, it rolls yeah yep. okay that's tough it's not an easy arena to play in them and atlanta have toughest two arenas to go to they've already been to one uh this season they've got to go to the other and and see if they can do something drop game one in the valley okay sucks for them game two is in the valley also so they're going to make their adjustments and come out again in front of a hostile crowd doesn't seem like the kind of team that relishes playing in front of a hostile crowd milwaukee mm-hmm. them and philly you just never get that sense from them yep. and and also i think it's it has to do a little bit with how the eastern conferences it's not as tough not as competitive as the west so in the west 